Aquarius is the sign of innovation. So Aquarius is the nonconformist. So you definitely mm-hmm. do not have to be, nor should you be doing things because other people are doing them in that way. You get to just invent your own way. Um, and that's really what also is the most attractive and magnetic in soul business and in doing spiritual transformational work is like the authenticity is priceless. You can't, you can't buy it, right? You can only cultivate it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast covers lifestyle, travel, spirituality, money, mindset, and entrepreneurship. Quite a few things. And if you've been listening the past, I don't know, probably 20 episodes, I've been getting really into spirituality, energetics, psychic powers, intuition, everything that is more on the energetic layer of life, because I really feel like that's what's missing in so many of our lives. A lot of us are constantly looking for material things to fill us up or a moment to fill us up instead of understanding our energy a bit better. And that's why I've been having on people that cover human design and psychic intuition and clairvoyancy and all these different things that we don't really talk about often. And I think they're so important to discuss. So today I have on an incredible astrologer, Aisha from the Oath Oracle. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is probably... One of my favorite conversations because it illuminates so much on the path of self-discovery. Now, if you're like me and you're a little bit skeptical of things like astrology or human design or anything like that, Aisha does an amazing job of breaking down what natal charts are and how astrology can really empower you. So I was someone that used to read the horoscopes back in like the magazines, right? Remember Cosmo and Teen Vogue. I just remember like horoscopes and Zodiac things coming up in there, but I never took it seriously. I kind of was just like, okay, cool. haha. Like my horoscope says do this, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to read about it. And as I've gotten older and I hear more and more about astrology and learn more and more about it, I am like, whoa, this really makes sense. It actually has made so much sense for me lately that I'm really trying to understand natal charts on a deeper level and try to read them. And it's something that I never thought I would be doing. And that's because astrology, like I said, has started to become so illuminating for me. Once I got into the specifics of what houses were and the traits of certain planets and understanding more planetary transits, I was like, okay, yeah, actually this does make a lot of sense. And now when I read my horoscope, I read for all my signs, my rising and my sun, and I understand my North node. And these are all things that I'm telling you, I did not know anything about even probably six months ago. So if you're like me and you're like, I don't even know what my rising sign is. I don't know what North node means. I don't know what placements mean. I don't know what houses mean. Then this episode is going to be perfect for you. It's like an astrology breakdown plus a birth chart breakdown. And if you don't know what a birth chart is, it's essentially a snapshot of the sky when you were born, which is really fucking cool. It's how all the stars were placed in the sky and where the planets were at the exact moment you were born. So in order to understand your birth chart, you definitely need to know your birth time and where you were born, and then obviously your birthday, and then you'll get the snapshot of your natal chart. And this is what Aisha focuses on is understanding your natal chart on a deeper level. Because when you open it up, I'm telling you, you will have no clue what's going on. If you've never seen one before, I was like, this looks like a graph with a bunch of lines and I don't understand. 
understand anything. And that's why people like Aisha come into our lives to illuminate this information to us. So Aisha, who goes by Oath Oracle, she is actually an astrologer and business oracle who helps with business and wealth energetics for baddies, mystics, leaders, and healers, which I absolutely love. And she knows her shit. During this episode, we actually pulled up my own natal chart and she started to walk me through the different placements and things were clicking left and right. And we only did this for a few minutes. Imagine if you actually had a full on session with her. She offers one-on-one sessions. She's actually booked out almost till the end of the year. That's how fucking good she is at her job. And she also has a membership. So if you want to work with her before working one-on-one, she does have a monthly membership that you can join where she has new moon circles, full moon circles, and she does business coaching as well. So she offers so many amazing things. And what I love about her is she's really stepping into her power and understanding her own boundaries. And by the way, stepping into your power, I never knew what that meant. And for me, that's like honoring yourself, setting those specific boundaries, understanding what you want to offer into the world, speaking up about what you believe in, standing up for something you believe in, getting behind your purpose. That's to me what standing in your power means. And I feel like Aisha is a perfect embodiment of that. Go to her actual Instagram, oath.oracle, and you will become instantly obsessed with learning about astrology. Anytime anything is happening in the planets, I run to her Instagram and I'm like, okay, what she's saying? Yep, that resonates. Okay, this makes sense. And funny enough, we recorded this during Mercury retrograde. And I remember hearing, you know, Mercury retrogrades when everything goes wrong with technology and don't sign contracts and this and that. I was like, okay, whatever. This was the only interview out of like a hundred plus that I've done where we had to troubleshoot for like 15 minutes before the call. And then we actually had to jump onto a different platform and record this podcast. So I was like, you know what? This is the funniest cosmic joke ever that I'm interviewing an astrologer during Mercury retrograde when technology is supposed to go wrong and something did go wrong. So just a heads up, I'm not sure if the audio is going to be as clear as I want it to be, but I'm going ahead and praying to the cosmic audio God that this all worked out. But either way, I'm so positive that you're going to learn so much about astrology, so much about energetics, and why astrology can be so empowering in your life and your business. Now, just as a business update on my end, I am offering one-on-one podcast coaching. So that is going to be open until the end of July. And then I'm going to shut it down and start focusing on some different endeavors like digital products. So if you want to launch a podcast or refine your own, definitely reach out to me at Chelsea Rife. You can head to my website. I also have an application up there or go to the link in my bio on Instagram and you can fill out the application there as well. So again, this is for anybody who's wanting to launch a podcast or refine it. We'll go through the format of your show, naming it, strategizing how to grow it, receiving reviews, interviewing and storytelling, how to reach out to guests, how to pitch yourself on podcasts. We'll go through all that stuff during coaching and mic drop and my group course for podcasting is going to be dropping very soon. I will open the doors to enrollment in just a few weeks. So if you have been following me, I updated everybody about, I don't know when it was actually, I'm like losing track of time these days, but I launched mic drop and then it just didn't feel right. The timing of it. So I pushed it back and now I'm planning to reopen it. I'm getting a lot of DMS that you all are interested in launching a podcast and maybe you're not ready to work together one-on-one or you feel like you get more out of group experiences, then this is definitely for you. So stay tuned. Mic drop is opening. And 
I had so much fun doing the giveaway for the Oracle card reading last month that this month I'm going to do something similar. So anybody who leaves a review during the month of July, at the end of the month, I will give that person access to Magnetic Manifestation 101, which is one of my most popular courses. You can actually find it on my website right now. This is a three-day course and everybody that's taken it has had some type of change in their life whether that was manifesting a new job opportunity, manifesting money out of nowhere, manifesting a promotion. And I get very specific in my courses. This isn't some like light and love manifestation course. That's a bunch of fluff. We talk about the subconscious and conscious mind. We talk about the nervous system, practical steps to take exercises, meditations. It's all in this three-day course. So anybody who leaves a review during the month of July will be entered into a giveaway for a spot to that course. So just screenshot that and send it to info at chelsearife.com or DM me at Chelsea Rife and I will enter you into the giveaway. And if you want to go ahead and purchase that course, it's actually up on my website right now. So just head to chelsearife.com and you can access all my courses there as well. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode with Oath Oracle's Aisha. Okay, everyone, we just had a true Mercury in retrograde moment, and I was going to make a joke about it, and then it happened to be so real that I'm surprised we made it. But here we are, Aisha from Oath Oracle. I am so excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, the Mercury retrograde is real and it is a big cosmic joke, but we made it and I'm so grateful to be here. So thank you for inviting me to be on your amazing podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. You're actually the first astrologer that I've ever had on. So we are going to cover so much of the stars today. I can't wait to get into the planets, the North nodes, the South nodes, everything. But before we really kick off, I would love to know about your journey into astrology. What led you into this field? Ooh, so it's a long journey and it's been so wonderful. I've actually had astrology in my life for longer than it hasn't been in my life. So I, I can't really imagine my life without astrology, actually, because I discovered it for myself when I was 14 years old and I'm now 32 years old. So that whole time I was going deep, no idea that I would learn how to read charts or end up writing horoscopes or have this amazing spiritual business. Um, it really was an amazing passion right from day one that was helping me make sense of like a nonsensical world and help me to learn so many things about myself, why I was the way I was, a certain karmic imprints that I was experiencing in my life, like challenges. It helped me understand like a deeper and greater meaning to events in my life, whether they were really, really hard, challenging events um, or whether they were amazing opportunities that I could see ahead in the future. So now to do this work uh, as my amazing full-time business and help others find their purpose with astrology is just such a major blessing and honor. Um, so I'll never forget. I'll never forget the first uh, article I ever read about astrology when I was 14. And since then, it was just, you know, anytime I had a free moment, it was a just probably my greatest hobby that I just never got sick of reading about it. I never got sick of going into it. Um, and it was really cool to approach it as this hobby and passion for so many years without ever, you know, now there's a lot of online education of like eight weeks to this and 12 weeks to this and many people coming into the online business space. But I really was just pure beginner's mind of just like, I'm just learning. I don't even know that I, I had no idea I could ever do this for a job. So that purity and wholesomeness has always been a part of my relationship with astrology, where it's just, it's just me and astrology, you know, a very private hobby. And now it's very public. Um, and yeah, it's such a blessing to do this work. 
Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking too of the resources back then. Like right now we have all the apps and the magazines that do the horoscopes. And so I'm curious, like what resources were you tapping into back then? I don't look at apps and horoscopes now and I never needed them because the resources were the real astrologers, right? Like the resources were in-depth information. Um, and so I still just kind of use very similar resources. Many books that I reference were written in the past. Um, so I haven't had, I haven't seen that as like an issue, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you think the the apps are just probably like watered down a little bit? I just have never used any of them. People always ask me, oh, do you, oh, you'd love CoStar. You'd love the pattern. And I'm just like, I am an astrologer. Like I look at this circle chart and I look at my own transits like every single day and that of my clients. So I just don't even have like time or space for those apps. Um, yeah. So I haven't literally have never used them. Oh my God. That's <laughs> so interesting. So I'm also curious where the name Oath Oracle came from. Ooh, thank you for asking that question. Um, I get a I get, people ask me this a lot um, because they think it's cool and that makes me happy because it actually started as, ooh, how can I tell the story? It actually started as a performance art name. So I um, another passion of mine is dance and performance arts. And I've had a couple of different performance art names um, in, throughout my, my time of being on stage. And the latest one uh, was Oath the Body. And Oath the Body was inspired from seeing an episode of the show World of Dance, which is a reality TV show. Jennifer Lopez is one of the hosts. And there is this group. They're one of the youth groups. They're from the Philippines and they're called the V Peeps, V Peeps. And they're from like Manila. They're all like, they're like 13 years old. Like, I don't know. They're so young. <laughs> anyway, I was sitting there and this was in maybe 2019. So not, not that long ago, I was sitting there watching this performance that just blew my socks off. They did it to a Billie Eilish song. So if anyone wants to go like YouTube this video, I watch, I still watch this video like every now and again, because of the impact it has on me. And this dance piece was just such a level of excellence and commitment in these children who are just like blowing me away. Like I'm literally getting goosebumps just talking about it. And it, and I just realized like their commitment and devotion and their like unity within each other. And I just like went and immediately went to my journal. I was crying my eyes out. I immediately went to my journal and I was basically writing my oath, like that my oath was to reach a level of excellence in something. And I, and I'm a newer dance. I didn't dance at, as a child. So I started dancing in my twenties. So I don't, I'm not at a skill level of these V peeps, but I could just feel that desire inside myself to reach a level of excellence. And so really what oath means is the oath to my higher self, an oath to my potential, an oath to my purpose. And then when it came time to start my business, oath oracle came very, very easily. Oh my God. It's so perfect. It, and the name has so much meaning behind it. It's more than just being catchy. Like it really was something that you felt almost in your soul, it sounds like. And then it was natural. When I was thinking about my astrology business, it didn't come to me immediately. Yeah, there was actually a couple ones that I was playing, a couple of different names I was playing with. And then it kind of hit me like, oh, duh, obviously, because a big part of my work with astrology is illuminating purpose, purpose, potential, and power. Those are my, those are the pillars of any reading with me, whether someone works with me for business or whether someone's getting a birth chart reading or even romantic readings, solar return readings, um, different offerings that I have. It keeps coming back to purpose, power, and potential. And so that's what the oath is about. Out. And so, yeah, it, it, when it clicked, it just clicked. And I was like, oh, duh, this makes perfect sense. Oh, I love when that happens too. You're like, I don't even need to double guess this. It's so aligned. Oh my yeah. gosh. So then it was a hobby, but then when did you realize maybe this is a business? Like, were you doing readings for people? Did you offer them? I'm curious how you transitioned into business. 
So I studied astrology totally in private um, and I had a hard childhood. So I was like very like kind of cripplingly shy. Um, it's not that I'm a shy person. It's that I had unresolved trauma. And so my nervous system didn't feel safe in a lot of situations. And I also left high school at age 15. So I didn't have peers around me that were my age. Um, I lived in this, I moved away from home at that, at that time and everyone was older than me. And I was just very like little, like, confused child, um, trying to figure things out, uh, wandering around and, and just trying to like figure life out for myself. Very, very sensitive. And so I would just study, I would just be at home and study astrology and just be reading stuff. And it was just so fun to me. Like I could just easily spend hours and not even look at the time. Um, like it was never something like I want to study astrology for two hours a day. It wasn't like that. It was just, I just get in the flow and then who knows how much time passed by. And then around my eight, late twenties. So in my twenties, if one, cause I started studying astrology 14, right. Moved out at age 15, a lot of time by myself, very misfit, you know, just trying to figure out life. I'm doing the best that I could. And then in my twenties, when I started to travel and like backpack around the world, I would meet people who had heard of astrology and they were like, you know, they knew their sun sign and, and I would get really excited. And that's when I would like really open up and be able to, Oh, what did you just mention a star sign? And I would just be able to open up and people would be like, Whoa, where did, where did all this knowledge come from? And then in my late 20s, um, an amazing friend of mine, Iris, asked if she could pay me for a reading for her partner. Until then, there was a few close friends of mine where I would like, I would look at their chart, I would have their chart, I would let them know about transits, we'd talk about boys, we'd look at stuff, and it, we, it just helped me to learn. And it was really fun for me. So it's something that was just a part of certain friendships that I had that I was almost like their personal astrologer. And they could message me like, what is going on right now? Because I'm feeling all these feelings. And I was look at, I look and kind of let them know what's up. Um, so then when my friend Iris was like, can I just pay you for a full reading? That was the beginning of it. And from that point, I had word of mouth readings coming in. At the time, it was a, like, it was like, oh my God, so many, because it would be like four or five a month. Um, <laughs> and at, at the time, that was like, what? Like, what? Oh, where are these people coming from? People I had never met before, people that didn't live in Canada where I'm doing long distance on Zoom. I had no website and I had no social media presence whatsoever. I had a social media for my dance um, things. Um, never mentioned astrology online and people were just hearing about me. I would bust the back in the day, I would bust to, cafes and meet people in person with a little printed out chart and a little like folder um, file thing and give it to them and meet them for the first time and like sit there and do their reading. And so from that point, it was like, wow, I am getting paid for my favorite thing in the world. And I'm looking at the person across from me and they're in tears. And every, every reading I did led to another reading because they would tell someone. So I would sit down with someone, do a reading. And that night I would get their friend would text me or call me or something like that. People I had never met. So that was really cool. Then, so that was in about 2018. Um, so about two years before I started my business, then we were approaching 2020. And because I am always looking at transits and connecting with what's happening in astrology, I could see that 2020 was going to be all cray cray. I looked at the transits and I was like, mm, I, not that I predicted a pandemic or anything like that, but all astrologers, if, if you look into an, or look up the term astrology of 2020, you'll see people, astrologers breaking down the astrology of 2020 in 2014. People were looking years ahead because that's how unique and disruptive was the astrology of 2020. So wow. I was looking ahead to 2020. I was looking at how it was impacting my personal chart. And there was a lot of 
activations and transits of my career house in my own chart. So I could see, basically, I looked at it and I said, I am not going to have job security in the way that I have right now. Something's going to happen with my jobs. And at the time, I actually had multiple jobs. I had like three jobs. Um, so I could see something's going to happen with my job. I need to like diversify, <laughs> diversify more. So I was like, okay, it's going to be time to make my website because I could see that there was a potential that I would lose job security in one way, but there was also a potential for like really big success because of these transits that were activating my personal house of career. So these same things that were making 2020 very disruptive were specifically activating my house of career. So I saw that it was now the time to move forward and do this. Um, so it began as the thought that I will start a website and it will be one of my like four jobs. And it just very quickly became just the only job. And I did launch my business right at the beginning of the first panic lockdown in March, 2020. And yeah, haven't looked back. Wow. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey. Oh my gosh. So it's not even a full two years old. It's barely over a year old, huh? Yeah. Wow. I love how you actually went into your own tools to see what was happening. Like, wait, I'm going to study the thing that I've been studying forever and see how this can impact my life. But I'm curious, was there anybody in your life that started being a skeptic of like, okay, this isn't real, you know, stop looking at the planets, like, because I, I hear that all the time, right? So I'm curious how it was in your life. No, it wasn't like that in my life. <laughs> As a performance artist, I performed a lot at festivals. So a lot of my friends are artist types. And they, if anything, they always wanted to know more. I'm mm. sure there were non-believers. But to be honest, I don't speak to astrology unless I'm I'm a projector in human design. Mm. So I don't, I don't give people my knowledge if I haven't been invited. And I, I basically always started off with the assumption that people didn't like astrology when I first started learning it at 14, 15. So it wasn't something that I brought up in conversation. But if it came up in conversation, conversation, then I would really open up in, in that way. But yeah, my friends are like weirdos, artists, performers, <laughs> highly spiritual people, like plant medicine facilitators and stuff. I oh, love so, that. Yeah. So they were <laughs> on board. You drop out of high school at 15, you just go <laughs> on mainstream path right away. Oh my God. I love it. And so what's interesting is you're an Aquarius sun and so am I. Yes. And I feel like that's what people usually bond with is like the sun sign, but there's also the moon and the rising. So can you walk through why those three why those are important yes uh, so the sun sign is and we all know ourselves as our sun sign the sun is the solar light of consciousness so we're very conscious of ourselves being our sun sign like very literally in society everyone does know their sun sign even though astrology is not necessarily mainstream so the sun describes our personality it describes our ego and it's basically the core archetype that we have coming into this world so it's a very obvious part of ourselves and that's like partially because of society that that's what we just know we look at our horoscopes and it's for our sun sign um then that's quite common knowledge but it's also just how it works in astrology as well is that we shine our light through this particular filter this particular lens so for you and i we're shining our the light of consciousness through an aquarian lens and it's obvious to us and it's obvious to the people around us so it's very conscious the moon is unconscious so the moon is our inner world. The moon is our emotional framework. The moon describes intuitive gifts that we have. And it also even describes our relationship with our mother because the moon is the archetype of the mother. The moon is the archetype. It's connected with the womb and the breasts and it's feminine and it's cyclical. So similar to our menstrual cycles are cyclical. The moon is moving in phases all the time. So the moon is an area of fluctuation. We, if we don't 
study our moon sign, if we don't know what our moon sign is, we might be unaware of some of these behaviors, like emotional behaviors, um, reactions. And it also is describing, because the moon rules nourishment and safety, it's also describing what we require in order to feel safe within ourselves. So knowing our moon sign is so important for emotional regulation, for emotional satisfaction and fulfillment, because we can learn, you know, about our love language from this. We can understand, oh, this is why, like, this is why this behavior always came up or this is why this always triggered me when we start to understand our moon sign it's feminine it's intuitive it's more unconscious and subconscious so it is very different than our sun I think that the moon sign is just, I think everything is equally as important as everything else in astrology, but definitely both the sun and moon. So for example, you know, as an Aquarius sun myself, I always read about myself that I am unemotional, but since my moon sign is Pisces, which is highly, highly, highly emotional, that didn't resonate with me. Um, in the first like year I was reading about my sun sign and I was like, oh, that's the one thing that doesn't fully click. Then I learned about my moon sign and I was like, okay, that's makes a difference because the sun is like, yes, this is who we are. We're, we're, we're shining our light in this way. But the moon sign is like this part inside of us that it's like, why am I like this? Or like, where did that come from? So when we can kind of shine the light on it and illuminate that by understanding the sign that it's in, we understand such a deep part of ourselves. And we really want to like honor the moon sign. We don't want to kind of try and make it be something different. We really want to honor its cycles, similar to like our menstrual cycle or the moon phases where it's like, it just is what it is, right? We want to honor where we are at. So understanding the moon sign is totally a life changer and a game changer. And also in like romantic compatibility. People usually just think of their sun signs, but the sun is just one small piece of the puzzle because when you are on a moon sign compatibility with someone else or someone's moon is compatible with your sun um, or vice versa, that's going to be a beautiful affinity deep within yourself, not just your outer personality compatibility, but a deep affinity within yourself. So moon signs are really important to understand. Now, another aspect is the rising sign. So the rising sign, which is based on your time of birth. So you need an exact time of birth to know your rising sign. The rising sign is letting us know, or it's also known as the ascendant. It's basically describing the broadcast that you're sharing with this world. So the rising sign describes our appearance. It describes the way we present ourselves. It just can describe our body. It can describe um, our clothing. It's basically the way that we're taking up space as a physical body in this world. Some astrologers refer to the rising sign as the mask we wear for the world, but it's a lot deeper than that because yes, it's describing our outer self, but our soul chose this for a reason. So it does let us know what is our role in this lifetime as a body. Like each of us is a physical body. We're taking up space. And as we move through this world, we send out a ripple of impact to the people that we come across. And the rising sign is something I love to work with in business for branding, um, for visual, the visual aspect of branding, because this is the, your broadcast. This is what you're emanating already. So what sometimes happens is we and actually often as we come in, because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, we come into the online business space, the coaching space, and we see what other people are doing and just naturally, right? Just it's natural. Um, and then we might look at something and say, I like that. I, I'm going to do that. Or we might see that other people are doing a certain thing. But if that style is in conflict with the energy of our rising sign, we're actually killing our magnetism. So it's really important to understand this because of course, our soulmate, I feel like a lot of your audience is probably on this tip already, but I really believe that our soulmate clients respond to us being the full version of ourselves. And a way to understand that or another way to look at it as in like looking in a mirror so we have greater perspective is to look at the placements in our chart because that is us. 
That's a blueprint of us. So if we're ever like, yeah, I know I should be myself, but like, what does that even mean? That's why astrology is really helpful because it gives us a bigger perspective where we can actually see ourselves as a, as in with a mirror, right? You don't want to pluck your eyebrows without a mirror. You got to be able to like, <laughs> yourself. <laughs> oh my God, that is so fascinating. And I, we're going to get into birth charts in a second, because I know when I first had a birth chart reading, it illuminated so much. But when I first pulled it up, I was like, what the hell is this circle with all the lines and the symbols? Like I couldn't even begin to understand. And of course I had a professional walk me through it, but a question, actually two questions that are coming up from what you just answered. One of them's kind of silly, but I've always wanted to know is you know how there's these traits around, like you just said, Pis- Pisces is very emotional and we all, all these signs kind of have these traits. Who decided what those traits were? You know what I mean? They're like, we, we, they say the planets, like Mercury is the, the one, the communicator, the trickster. But I'm like, who's, who knows that? Who studied that? I'm so curious. <laughs> Okay, so I personally believe it was channeled information. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why it the same similar information was birthed and sparked and emerged in various different places in the world, like the oldest societies in the world from the Mayans, which don't use Western astrology, but they do have their own astrology. Mayans, ancient China, ancient India, Sumeria, Egypt, obviously. Uh, so I believe that this information was channeled that's, that's how I relate to it personally. Okay. That makes sense. From cosmic knowledge and cosmic consciousness. I love it. And then the second question I had, which I'm sure this is like silly, but again, I want to know is because you're so deep into astrology, do you feel like you just meet people and kind of like tell what their sun is or their moon or their rising just by like their energy? Um, like sometimes like I will only guess someone's sign if I feel very, very sure. Uh, when it comes to meeting people and like thinking about their signs, because it's what I do and I do it all day long and I'm like fully booked until November with readings, I don't desire to like flex my astrology muscles. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like hanging out with people. I'm like, you can pay me if you want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, let's just chill and be human beings. But yeah, sometimes it does like if someone's making an impression on me or whatever that impression is, it is pretty natural for me to think about that. It's also very natural for me to watch TV shows and be mm. like, oh my God, this guy's so Capricorn and like look up the thing. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. My boyfriend's even starting to be able to guess people because he's like understanding the traits from like those experiences where I'm like, oh my God, this guy's like such a Scorpio moon. And then he like understands what that means from like witnessing the same oh, thing. Oh, I love it. So, yeah. I'm going to be like an astrologer <laughs> in five years or something. That's he knows cool. a lot more about astrology than the average person just simply from being yeah. in a relationship with me. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. So birth charts, let's just talk about what they even are. Like you were talking about a snapshot, but what is it? What's in these birth charts? So it's a snapshot of the moment that you were born and it has the different placements of where everything is. So what Zodiac sign it is in what houses they fall in. So the houses are defined by the rising sign. So it's really important to have your time of birth or as close of an estimate as possible to understand houses. If you're some to understand where things fall in houses in your birth chart. If you're someone who you only have the rough time, your houses will also be like not precise. And if you're someone who you have no idea what time you were born, just like kind of ignore the houses, uh, ignore the houses as you're looking at your charts. Um, you can also hire someone to do a rectification for you, rectification service, which is where they narrow it down through asking you questions. Um, so that's a cool, that's a cool thing. I've, I've done it before with, with some guideline for what, what the time is. So basically it's, it's a snapshot and it's can be looked at as like a fingerprint, like the fingerprint of your soul. And this energy is 
basically messages from your higher self. So it's describing Mm -hmm. you. It's describing choices that you made. It's describing karma that you're brought into this lifetime. It's describing karmic wounds. It's describing gifts. It's describing challenges. And then what we do with these, that's up to our free will. So there is both fate and there's also free will involved. So every single placement has highest expression and every single placement has like less desirable or less helpful expressions. And that's up to us to choose that. So something that I really want to express to all the listeners is that there's no bad placements. It's not that you got a shitty roll of the dice. If you have challenging placements in your chart, my chart is filled, absolutely riddled with some of the most like challenging things you can imagine. But then the thing is I have a baseline assumption uh, and belief that I choose to hold about this, that my soul chose every single aspect of my chart. It's not random. So because I know that my soul chose that, I know that there's a lesson for me within it. So yeah, I I never stop looking at my chart. I look at my chart every day for who knows how long, um, because it still continues to uncover more and more of the mystery to me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so fascinating. And we have my chart pulled up. And so I'm wondering if we can talk about some of the placements like just looking at it, what are some things from your perspective that stand out or that you would be like, Ooh, take note of that. Is that even a question that, (laughs) that I would ask, you know? Um, the thing people love to ask me, like, what's the one thing or, or what's the, what's the thing here? And for me, every single thing is just as important as Mm. another thing. So I'd never say, Oh, note this down and you're good. Because to me, as I said, I still look at my chart every day for like decades and I will continue to do that. Um, because it just continues to unveil. So to me, everything is important. Um, so that's why I love, you know, that's why my readings are 90 minutes and many people come for repeated readings about Mm. different topics because the knowledge really never ends. And I personally love that about it is that there is no kind of level of completion. Like, I don't believe that you get one reading and you're done personally. I mean, obviously it's about your level of interest, right? But to me, I get readings all the time when I uh, come across a new astrologer, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to book in with them because I love to receive. So anyway, um, but if I was to just look at your chart and, and just start sharing some things about it, like you do have a stellium in the fifth house. So a stellium is when you have four or more placements in one house. So that's, putting a lot of energy in that one area of life. So the houses describe areas of life. The zodiac signs are archetypes and ways that we, the planets express in that area of life. Mm -hmm. So when you have a lot of placements in one house, if you have a stellium, which is four or more placements in one house, there's definitely a big focus on those energies in this lifetime for you. That focus can mean that these things come easy. That focus could also mean there's a lot of karmic lessons to learn in this area of life. So for you, it's the fifth house, which is the house of children, fun, flirtation, It's the house of creative self-expression and performance. So you have some things because every planet expresses differently here. So it's not, there's no good or bad. Every planet expresses differently. So you have some parts of this because you have Saturn here, which might mean that you're a late bloomer when it comes to these things. So do do you have children, by the way, or do you want to have children? I'm not, I don't have children. And my boyfriend and I actually have a nine year age gap. He's younger. And so we're talking about children in like five plus years. Okay, because when you have Saturn in the fifth house, if you desire to have children, Saturn is this energy of maturity and time. So many people have children later in life when they have Saturn in this, because where we have Saturn is an area where we are a late bloomer. And since you have your North node there as well, there is a kind of karmic uh, desire of yours that your soul has to have creation. So whether that's procreating another human being or whether that's tapping into being an artist and sharing your creations with the world or both. So tapping into the creative flow, that spark of creativity, but then Saturn saying that it will it will 
like the older you get, the better it will get basically. So it's like a late blooming energy, wherever anyone has Saturn, that's a late bloomer energy that they have. So some people have Saturn in the house of career and they do all these jobs that they don't really love, but then they can actually be the person if they, with their free will, right? Like if they are doing the work and leaning into the Saturn lessons, they could actually be the person that takes off and has the most amazing business because Saturn required them to go through karmic lessons. So Saturn is a planet of obstacles to overcome. Um, so that's, that's something you have, but then you also have Mercury in your fifth house, which is like Mercury is, uh, the planet of communication. It's the messenger archetype. So this could be, you know, having a podcast where you're expressing yourself because it's the house of creative self-expression and you're using your voice, you're using your message, you're sharing your words, you're in communication with people. That's a nice way that that's expressing there. So some planets have more of a lighter energy and some planets like Saturn, like Pluto, like the South node have more of a heavier energy because they're here to teach us things. So when you have a stellium, it's usually a mix of both. Like it's usually like, oh yeah, cool. Here's like a very clear, obvious gift. And here's a challenge right next to it. Wow. That's so fascinating. And what about when you're looking at what we were talking about earlier, the sun and the moon and the rising, and you were saying where they are in the houses also illuminates a lot of information, right? It does. Yeah. So my Virgo is in my, let's see, I'm looking at the chart. I'm like, I would. So you're a Virgo rising. And what the rising refers to is the very beginning of the first house um, Mm -hmm. in the equal house system. There are different house systems. That's something to be aware of. I use the equal house system. And so when we look at the rising sign or the ascendant, that is the beginning of the first house. So that borderline of the beginning of the first house is the point of the ascendant. So when we refer to the rising sign, that's what we're referring to if we use the equal house system. So that's your first house. So then you have your moon in Virgo as well in the first house. So your moon, the first house is the house of self and appearance. The moon is emotion. So that means you may be someone who your emotions are like kind of your heart is on your sleeve or people can really sense your emotions right up front, or you can walk into a room and people will be able to sense your emotions, even if they don't know you very well. And it's also saying that the expression of yourself, because the first house is self. So outward expression of yourself, of your body, of being here as a human is related, directly connected to your emotional fulfillment. So it's important for you to be seen receive to share yourself. And that's also kind of similar with the fifth house stellium that we talked about of creative self-expression. So the first house where you have your moon is self, but it's like appearance, like a body and presenting myself and taking initiative. But the fifth house is like, I'm on stage. I've made this painting. I'm an artist. I'm doing graphic design. Um, so both of those different sides are important for you. So we can see that the expression of yourself is an important part of this lifetime. So finding as many, not necessarily that it's about quantity, but experimenting and trying different ways of expressing yourself for the rest of your life, because that's a really important part of you being happy. Oh, that resonates so much because my podcast is one way I self-express. But when I got in the coaching industry, it was always like, you know, do a this, a mastermind, uh, this, this, and this. And I was like, it just feels like I don't want to do it that way. And just recently, someone came out with an audio course. And I was like, I didn't even think of an audio course. I've never heard of that. I thought you just had to be on video. And then it got me totally thinking of new ways to express myself. And that's the land I've been in for the last like three to four months of like, what other ways can I express myself that aren't just being on a video and talking into microphones. That's insane. Yes, I love that because Aquarius is the sign of innovation. So Aquarius is the nonconformist. So you definitely mm-hmm. do not have to be, nor should you be doing things because other people are doing them in that way. You get to just invent your own way. Um, and that's really what also is the most attractive and magnetic in soul business and in doing spiritual transformational work is like the authenticity is priceless. You can't, you can't buy it, right? You can only cultivate it. 
Oh my God. I love that. And I have a question because my Virgo is my moon and my rising. So when people mm-hmm. have double placements like that, is it like they end up showing more of those traits or is it just what resonates with them? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, you are going to show more of those traits. The more placements mm-hmm. you have in something, you are going to show more of those traits. Okay. Cause I was also looking on my chart and I think I have like six or seven placements in Capricorn or planets in Capricorn. Yeah, one, and... two, three, four. And then the North node. Is the oh my gosh. So when that many placements are in Capricorn and my North node, which we can get to in a second, what type of information is that illuminate? Uh, well, every planet has a different meaning. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when it's like your moon and you're rising, those are very intrinsic to your personality. When it's the transpersonal or the further away planets that are more generational, like Neptune and Uranus, they're not necessarily describing your personality as much because there are generational planets that many people share this with you. Um, so every, you really have to understand each individual placement. So we don't mm. like blanket statements about like, Oh, five placements in this will mean that this is my personality. It is the way you communicate when you have Mercury in, in Capricorn, your North node is here. So this is what you're here to cultivate more of. You're here to learn lessons about Capricorn energy, but it doesn't necessarily describe the way you are. It's mm. actually saying you need to cultivate this more. So this is who you become over time. So it's like a destined thing. And Saturn is an energy of inhibition. It's a, it's a restrictive energy because it's here to teach us lessons. So see how that's very different than the moon where the moon is like, this is how your emotions work. Um, These more transpersonal planets and the planets that are further away in the solar system. So many people have Uranus and Neptune and Capricorn. Many, many people have those because they spend decades in one sign. Um, So certain things are not necessarily describing our personality, though they do have an impact on who we are because everything, every single part of the chart does. It's so amazing that it really is like your cosmic blueprint and it's everybody's is so different. It's amazing. It's it's very, it's very cool. (laughs) You just said the word Saturn, which is prompting me to ask about Saturn returns because until I knew what they were, I didn't realize when I started lining up the information of like when mine could have possibly happened, I was like, wait, that makes a lot of sense. So can you talk about what Saturn returns are and, and what they illuminate to us? Yes. So Saturn is the planet of maturity. It's a planet of challenges and obstacles to overcome. It's a planet of karma. It's the planet of father time. So it's kind of like this grandfather energy, this stern teacher energy. The Saturn return is a rite of passage into our true adulthood. So adulthood does not begin at 18. It does not begin at 21. It begins when you graduate your Saturn return when you're fucking in your thirties. That's actually the true maturity. Um, And so it's a time where, because Saturn is like these harsh lessons and Saturn's like, you need to own up to ways that you have not been living in alignment. Um, it's going to make visible whatever wasn't in alignment, whatever thing was not actually serving you, but it was like, fine. Like we, we can easily ignore things in our life sometimes that are not in alignment. We can ignore the things that are not in integrity. We can ignore certain things because it's just kind of like, you know, we're just living life and it's like, Oh, I've been able to get away with it so far. I've been able to cope with this particular thing so far, but then when the Saturn return comes, it's like Saturn's here to collect. So it's almost like a little bit of a debt collector in a way, but it's only for your own self. It's it's you and you. It's an aspect of yourself. So during the Saturn return, the ways that we haven't been fully in integrity, um, the ways that we haven't been making choices for our highest self and highest purpose, they become very, very, very obvious. And Saturn creates basically obstacles and challenges that the only way out is through. So there's no loophole with Saturn and it makes visible everything that wasn't in alignment, whether that is part of our plan or not. So most of the time, it's not part of our plan. Most of the time we have all these other things planned and all these other things we want to do. And then all of a sudden Saturn's coming up 
like basically unannounced and making us deal with this other stuff. So that's a beautiful gift because it's bringing us into alignment past what we think we're supposed to do, because what we think we're supposed to do, we have a lot of conditioning about that from society, from culture, blah, 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 media. Um, We think we need to be like rushing to these particular places. And then when Saturn is coming up, it's creating obstacles that by the overcoming of this obstacle, we become who we are supposed to be. So I'm also Saturn and Capricorn person. So I know the exact dates of our Saturn return. So it was in, I think it was maybe December 22nd or 23rd around Christmas time of 2017 was when Saturn first entered Capricorn. <laughs> I just see Chelsea's face. She's just like, oh my God. I was like, that was a big year. <laughs> yeah. And then it left uh, Capricorn for the first time, March 20th, 2020. But then it did retrograde back throughout 2020. It retrograded back into Capricorn. But I believe that the real rite of passage time was from that December 2017 until March 20th, 2020. And then I believe that the Saturn return was over. It did retrograde back in for a little bit. But I personally see that as part of the people with Saturn and Aquarius. I see that as part of their Saturn return, personally. That's just that's just totally an opinion. I believe that ours ended at that time. So in that time, it's like an initiation portal because it's not short, right? It's like three years, almost like two and a half years. It's not short. So who I became in that time, it was a drastically different person because it was putting me through the ringer. But we can see that as something negative, but it's going to, it's inevitable. It's like seeing death as negative. You know what I mean? It's like, why not change your perception of it when you know it's going to happen no matter what? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And now that you're saying those dates, I'm like, yeah, 20... 2016 was a really hard year and 2017 was the year that I was like, I need to do something about this. And 2018 is when I decided I wanted to move to Australia. And then I ended up waiting a year for all these different reasons. And 2019, I left my very lucrative job in corporate America to go to Australia. No plan. Got my like yoga and meditation certification in Bali. Ended up working all these different odd jobs. And people were like, you're insane. Like you left this really good job in America and you're just like going to Australia. Everybody thought I was going to Australia to meet a boy or like find a husband. I was like, no, I just feel like I need to go explore (laughs) and see something new. And then funny enough, I ended up meeting my now partner at the very last month in Australia. And now I live in Germany and I started my business during the pandemic. And to your point, if you're comparing who I was at 27 to who I am now, it's like, I don't even recognize that version Mm -hmm. of me. That makes a lot of sense because that's the house of fun, right? Where you have your Capricorn placements, it's the house of fun. It's also the house of dating and flirtation. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. literally the house of hobbies, fun, dating, children, our own inner child. So doing things from that space, doing things from that hard space of like, this is fun for me. So I'm going to go do it. That's what your soul came here to learn more of. At the same time, it came here to learn about these Capricorn themes of like, at the same time, being responsible, creating structure, thinking about am- your ambitions and working towards those ambitions. But still, there's an energy of fun that's behind it being in spiritual business doing like manifestation work like things that light you up but creating a business structure around that that's really in alignment for you so when all these transits because not only was saturn in capricorn um there was some really hard transits in capricorn for the last like various years because things have different cycles right so saturn was in capricorn for like almost three years for two and a half years and then it retrograded back as well the south node was in capricorn for 18 months pluto is still in capricorn and pluto can spend decades in a sign depending on its retrograde cycles so those are the three most like hard hitting like kind of 
easy to be scared of, but they have a lot to offer us planets. So people with a lot of Capricorn placements were getting and are kind of still in the process of getting really put through the ringer in very specific ways, very karmic ways of like, basically, like you were saying, like delays, right? Like your trip was delayed. Like Saturn is like delays. Saturn is like, wait, keep waiting, like cultivating that patience, cultivating mastery. Um, Saturn's like, oh yeah, you wanted to go here. Boom, obstacle, boom, obstacle, boom, obstacle. And as soon as you turn the other direction to like find the loopholes, like there's a wall right there. There's a wall right there. There's a wall right there. So it's really beautiful to work with astrology and start listening during my Saturn return. A big goal for me was to listen to the voice of Saturn. Because when I could hear that, oh, this is the voice of Saturn, it's time for me to drop my other plan. Whatever plan that I was holding on to, whatever thing that I was trying to make and force happen, I need to drop it because Saturn is requiring this of me right now. And Saturn is that like kind of like I'm the disciple of Saturn during the Saturn return. So knowing the house that is happening in your chart for people who are in their Saturn return now, you are people who have Saturn in Aquarius. So people with Saturn in Aquarius, like look at the house that it's occurring in your chart, because that's the area of life that's going to call you to step up to the plate. Um, I do have a free PDF where I break down all the houses. So maybe Chelsea can link that in the show description. Yes. Um, so you can that. look at your chart. Okay, you have it. Okay, great. So you can look at your chart and see. So for Chelsea, the fifth house is around dating, right? So during that three-year period of time, there could have been obstacles, hard things. Even it doesn't even mean that there has to be a heartbreak. It could actually mean someone you're dating has something happen in their life where they're all of a sudden needing to step up to Saturn rules responsibility. So mm. it's like, what are you truly responsible for? So it could be that maybe you're taking too much responsibility for people that you're dating and their emotions, or maybe they have these karmic responsibilities that are coming up right now, or maybe there's obstacles that are happening when you're dating people, or maybe you can meet someone because Saturn is kind of romantic, I think, because Saturn is a very committed energy. So it could be that you meet someone, you think you're going to just be like dating and playing the field and it gets very serious very fast because Saturn is a very serious energy. That energy doesn't have to be bad. It really depends on what you want in love, right? Because Saturn's like, Saturn's the kind of energy that wants to put a ring on it. And it's like, what are we doing? You know, Saturn doesn't want to fuck around, right? Like Saturn's like, what are we doing? <laughs> Let's do this. Um, so it can be very cute, actually. <laughs> and there could also be things around artistic expression, because usually people with Saturn in the fifth house, you have a lot of other placements in the fifth house, too, that might help bring balance to this. But generally, people with Saturn in the fifth house, they feel restricted with their creative expression. So they might think they're not creative. They might literally think I'm not a creative person until after their Saturn return. And then that this is the same person that could become a professional artist because Saturn gives them that level of commitment of like, I'm, I'm so committed to this. I show up at my studio every day. I show up at my class every day. That's Saturn. But until the first Saturn return, sometimes the Saturn inhibition feels like pressure. feels like not being good enough, or it just feels like very like, you know, holding ourselves to very, very high standards. So that's how Saturn works as it evolves over time. And it, we can actually find a deep level of commitment to the very theme that Saturn was restricting in the past. Wow. And I was smiling when you said the thing about you may meet someone and it ends up getting really serious really quick. I met my boyfriend and then three weeks later, we were talking about moving to Germany together and everybody thought we were nuts. And here we are a year later still oh, together. Yay. Like It's so fascinating how astrology is clearly like, I don't know, it just makes sense. Like you said earlier. I love that so much. And I want to talk about the traits of signs and how they get I feel like very watered down, right? Like I always hear people being like, Ooh, I don't know. She's a Scorpio or like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't want my baby to be a Leo or something like that. And I'm curious, like, where do these, cause we were talking about how astrology isn't meant to disempower you. So why do some of these signs get a bad rap? 
I think people just like to oversimplify things. And <laughs> to me, I can only see astrology as like a multidimensional hologram because I've been literally studying it for more than half my life. So I can only see it as a complex hologram. I can, of course, I've thought, what sign would I like to have as a kid for sure? But it's like, it doesn't matter because the reason why it doesn't matter is because there's so many other placements. Okay. So you can think, Oh, I'm not, and I, there's actually jokes about this in the astrology community where people can make fun of Scorpios and they don't even know that they themselves have their Mars in Scorpio, which is an incredibly, incredibly powerful Scorpio (laughs) placement. They don't even know that their Mercury is in Scorpio because they don't understand the other like things that are just as important as the sun, if not more important if not even more important. So the thing is you're like, Oh, I don't want to have a kid in uh, like, you know, what, what, what kid would I be scared to have? I'd be a little nervous to have a Gemini or a Sagittarius child, mostly Sagittarius. Maybe let's let, let's say that one. That's a child where I would be like, I, maybe I would be unsure about having a Sagittarius child. Sure. So I can like be all weird and like try and time it to like fall in another season. But then my kid could easily have their moon in Sagittarius. They could have their Mars in Sagittarius. Like it could be expressing in a different Mm -hmm. way. So everyone has every sign in their chart. Even if you don't have planets in a sign, it has a power in your chart. So for example, if we're looking at Chelsea's chart, she has no planets in Libra. Okay. But she has her second house cusp in Libra. That means Libra is the ruler of Chelsea's second house. The second house is the house of money and self-worth. So even Mm -hmm. when you don't have placements here, you have money and self-worth in your life. So the houses and their cusps are always in a sign. Every sign is present in every single person's chart. So clearly the answer is to learn more about these things and create deeper intimacy and understand we're all this infinite hologram. We just kind of have varying degrees of different things, but everything is present in all of us. So hopefully that that answers the question yeah it answers the question because i i remember pulling out my chart too being like i don't see anything in libra and then all of a sudden i see all these placements in capricorn so to your point it's actually helpful to know it's not like libra is just missing in my life it's just in a different house or placement Yep. I don't believe anything is ever, any sign is absent from us. And then, you know, the ruler of Libra is Venus. So you ha- clearly have Venus in your chart and that also is expressing. So everything is connected with one another. Nothing is separate. And I think that we as human beings, we like to separate and categorize and oversimplify things, but mm-hmm. every single thing is connected. Many, many, many deeper layers that we could go, which is how I personally work, especially with my business astrology, which is the rulerships of things. So if say someone is coming to me for business, which that's my, the main part of my business is business coaching and business astrology readings of my soul wealth reading and my business oracle session. So someone can say, oh, well, I have uh, no planets in the second house. Does that mean I'm not going to have money or something like that? And it's like, well, clearly not. Like no one has planets in every placement. But to gain more information about that, I'd look at the ruling pla- the ruling sign, which is Libra. And then I'd look at the ruling planet, which is Venus. And then we could look at aspects between Venus and other things. So the aspects between different rulerships. So this is like a more much more advanced topic. Um, but there may be people in your audience that are like nerding out on this a little bit because you can always look into things. So for example, my personal social media house, the third house is empty in my chart, but I have a social media presence of almost 17,000 followers. I, that's my whole marketing. So I don't do ads. I don't have a Facebook group. Um, I, you know, that's my whole flow of like people into my world and my audience is from that. So just because a house is empty doesn't mean it's absent in your life. It might actually Mm -hmm. mean that there's less lessons to learn in that area of life, for example. So it's not good or bad to not have uh, placements there. Um, But still my social media cusp is actually in Libra. So I still approach, there's an element of Libra and energy to the way I approach social media, even though I have no planets there. 
Mm. And that the way that I use that energy. And so because I do a lot of work with people on their social media, we'll look at that house cusp a lot. And whether they have planets there or not, the messages are still very important. So Libra is a sign of beauty and balance and it's a sign of symmetry. So I see my uh, social media feed as an art gallery. I see it as something I'm curating and I look at it as a whole rather than just individual pictures. And I have certain a certain th- theme that runs through it so that it can like all flow together in a certain way. So I'm expressing that energy even though there's no planets there. Wow, that makes so much sense. And it gives you, I think it takes off this, I think people put some signs on pedestals and others like, oh, I wish my, you know, I wish my Libra was my son or whatever the case is. And it's like, it's still present in your chart. And so I love that you're showing not just because every, the planet isn't there. Yeah, every planet. Every sign has uh, has positive and like shadow uh, aspects, every single sign. There truly is no sign that is better than another sign. People often get burned in romantic situations. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> People get burned in romantic situations and then that makes them like diss an entire... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. They're like, don't date Scorpio. I was like, oh my god, he's a whatever. (laughs) What's my boy? My boyfriend's a Libra, actually. I don't know if that's uh, helpful to know for anybody, but yeah, he's a Libra. (laughs) So his mom found out what we were, and instantly, like the first day I met her, was like, that's a good match. So I was like, okay, noted. Aquarius and Libra suns are compatible, so they're they're Uh, both air signs. They make a trine aspect between one another, which is the most harmonious trine. So I've dated a lot of Libras actually, but still if there's so much more than that so you can something that i really want to share with the audience um especially for my single listeners in the house is that and this is from my own experience of my whole hot mess 20s <laughs> we don't want to give our power away to astrology so we don't want to be like oh i just met this guy and he's a sign that's compatible with me i'm going to project these illusions onto this situation and make it make it something that's get, get all my hopes up and get all excited about this it's like no i have literally dated people that i looked at their chart i looked at their whole chart and like everything was aligned venus was aligned juno da, 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 everything was so aligned and i was like is this person my soulmate No, they were not my soulmate. So what I really want to impress upon people with astrology, with compatibility is that your soul knows who's right for you. So let's not put these layers of illusion onto it and project Mm. what we want to on people. They can have these qualities, but it's up to them to choose to walk the path of integrity and to choose to like have their highest expression, their highest aspect be expressed. So what I love astrology for incompatibility is when there is a relationship and then it can tell you how you guys work together. What's your mission together? What's the community? What's what do you guys act? in one another, not just meeting someone and being like, oh, they're this sign. So that means it's going to be this. It's like, we need less projections Mm. in romantic relationships. And I just see a lot of people giving their power away to signs because you can meet someone and you're an Aquarius sun and they're a Libra sun. But if other things aren't compatible, if you have very like conflicting emotional like ways or ways that you express anger with your Mars sign, that's going to be something and you're just holding on to this of like, oh, but we're compatible sun sign. It's like, no, there's many, many, many more layers to it. And even myself as a professional astrologer, I have been in single times where I'm looking at the person's whole chart and I'm like, everything is so aligned, unusual in an unusual way. Like, oh, this is so rare. Never seen something so good. Da da da. And it's like, it didn't matter. Like, mm. It didn't matter. And I've had the same with hiring people onto my team where they, the charts were off the hook compatibility wise. And I let that 
make me think that this was the person to hire, but it was not actually. So mm. there's these lessons where it's like we give our power away to something external from us and then we create projections. So we want to be really, really, really aware of that. And I really encourage people to learn more about their own chart and learn more about their own because it's like someone can have, you know, when you understand your moon sign, your Venus sign, your Mars sign, it's going to give you a lot of understanding about your love nature. And so someone just having a compatible sun sign, which is an outer personality, they're not necessarily going to have the same priorities or the same love language or be able to like kind of give you what you need and deserve just based on placements. A little rant about that. <laughs> no, I love it because you're, you're really highlighting that. I think people get so obsessed with the sun sign and it sounds like from what you're telling me, the sun sign is like 5% of the whole equation. It's definitely a small, small part of the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's so much more. It's funny. We were talking about the apps earlier and I remember at my old job, this guy came in and he's like, um, my girlfriend almost broke up with me this morning because of whatever co-star said or something. I was like, oh my God, so funny. He's like, well, I need to delete that app off her phone. <laughs> it's like, well, we were talking about the apps earlier. They're a little too watered down, but yeah, I, know... I mean, well, if an app's going to get you to break up with your partnership, then maybe it isn't the right partnership. Yeah, I was like, mm, maybe it's not aligned. We got a few listener questions around the North and South nodes. And I've heard you speak about your North node too, and how it really is like the, almost a North star essentially. So can you talk about what these mean and why they are important to look at? Yeah. So the North and South node are the nodes of past life karma and future destiny. So they're very important to understand this because it gives us so much insight on why we are the way we are, why we've chosen what we've chosen in the past and who we came here to become. So your south node is in cancer. It's not visible here because I didn't tick that box when I created your chart because we're looking at Chelsea's chart together right now. So it's right here in cancer. And I know that because it's the exact opposite of the north node. Mm -hmm. So the north node is always visible and you usually might, may have to select the south node in advanced settings, depending on where you're generating a chart. We're using astro.com, which is just an OG free service. Um, so the north node, which is this shoe horseshoe type shape, and the south node are always exactly opposite from one another. So Chelsea's north node is at 27 degrees Capricorn. So that means her south node is 27 degrees Cancer. So they're an axis of destiny. So they're letting you know that the past life and south node energies are things that you've thoroughly, thoroughly experienced in past lives. And long story short, it's no longer going to be the path to fulfillment. It's not a path to fulfillment. It's not a path to evolution, but it is, we tend to repeat some of these patterns in this lifetime because we are familiar with these things on a soul level. We're familiar with certain roles. We're familiar with certain situations. Um, and we gravitate towards those things unconsciously right from the beginning of life usually. So we tend to repeat certain patterns. Now, the North node is something which is out of our comfort zone. So this is the opposite sign. And this is how it brings balance to the whole chart and actually to like your soul, multi-lifetime soul trajectory. So the North node is saying, this is who you came here to become. This is the path of fulfillment and evolution for you. There's different views on this in astrology and some astrologers, I believe it's Vedic astrology and even maybe some Hellenistic astrology viewpoints that the North node is a point of obsession. I personally work with it as this is actually who we came here to become. And we came here to cultivate these qualities to bring balance to the whole. So you can make different things might resonate for you. So the North Node is basically calling us to cultivate. And for you, Chelsea, it's calling you to cultivate the energies of Capricorn and the fifth house. And it's kind of like draining energy away from the opposite of Cancer in the 11th house. So for you, I could see with the South Node in Cancer is like, 
red flag behaviors and behaviors that are not really in alignment with your um, highest expression would be mothering others because cancer is the sign of the mother. So when we talk about the South node, I'm going to talk more about the shadow potentials because we're trying to learn a lesson from that. So it's not that cancer is a bad energy. Cancer energy is very cute, sweet, and loving. It's the energy of the nurturer. But when you have the South node here, there's lessons for you to learn about taking too much emotional responsibility for others, mothering others, sacrificing your own well-being to like serve and nurture others, basically. So it's kind of like this. And sometimes even, you know, being attracted to people who are needy because they might make you feel needed. So the deep subconscious level of like, I want to feel needed by this person. So like, let me mother them and always be there for them emotionally. And then other cancer kind of shadow energies could be um, passive aggression, um, holding like swallowing the feelings down and and like maybe giving the silent treatment. Um, so there can be this like defensiveness. Cancer is a very self-protective sign. Um, so there could be this thing of like, oh, I give so much, but no one gives back to me when there's like these walls up. So that's some, some potential shadows when someone has their South Node in Cancer. The North Node in Capricorn is saying you came here to be a boss. Being a business owner is really on point for you, creating structure that serves you, creating success in the material realm. So in the past lives, you might have been more responsible for emotional success in a family unit, for example, like being a domestic stay-at-home mother, for example, where you were, had a lot of like you did a lot of work, you know, being a mother is a lot of work. You did a lot of work, but you might not have had that structure as Capricorn when you have the ability to be like, what's my one-year plan? What's my five-year plan? What happened in quarter one and quarter two? So like you're here to build that structure. Whereas as a mother, mothers work incredibly, incredibly hard, but they're not necessarily structuring because it's kind of like, is everyone fed? Is everyone here? Is everyone, someone's waking up in the middle of the night crying? It's like, it's not a, it's, you're not, you're not creating the schedule. Your kids are kind of creating the schedule or like your dependents are kind of creating the schedule. So with the North Node in Capricorn, you're here to cultivate like, what is my ambition? What do I want to create in this lifetime? What do I want to build and learn about creating the practical structures to make that happen? Um, so that's, that's one aspect of it. It can just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper because there's also the houses, there's at potential aspects with other planets. Um, so it's really just en endlessly deep. <laughs> oh my God. Did that answer your question? Yeah. And I was laughing inside because I had one past life reading before where they said I was a nun and they usually call nuns. <laughs> don't they call mother like mother whatever and mother mm -hmm. Teresa and all these now like i'm like wow that makes a lot of sense because what you were just saying like they're they're tending to other people all the time it's not really yeah about them their own needs Yep. It's also, yeah, kind of like nurse energy, almost mm. like nursing, caring, nurturing for others, cooking for others, where your North Node in Capricorn might be that you become so successful, you hire a personal chef. <laughs> like kind of Hell like yeah. that <laughs> type of energy. <laughs> it's so funny. You might even have your partner that's like cooking more for you when you're more in alignment and maybe being even like a greater of a bread earner. Um, where in a past life, you may not have had that privilege to even like, you know, as women in past lives, we may not have been able to get jobs in different times. And so people with South Node in Cancer, because cancer rules the home and the inner world and Capricorn rules the outer world and success out there. So it's kind of like you could have been a mother who was working super, super hard. But the idea of going outside and going like pick up a briefcase and go get a job and go to the office, it might have felt very intimidating and very scary. And you just want to stay home where it feels safe, even though you're still working really hard at home. The Capricorn energy could have been the masculine like stereotype, masculine stereotype partner of this past hypothetical past life who's picking up the briefcase and is like, okay, bye. I'm going out and, and making the money. And then they come back and you don't even know like really what they're doing. <laughs> um, like you don't know like what they do at the office. Like that's just a whole nother world. So in this lifetime, you're here to cultivate more of that. I'm taking my briefcase and I'm going out there 
out to the big wide world and I'm making a name for myself kind of thing. Oh my gosh. I'm like furiously nodding because I think that's kind of why my partner and I have talked about having kids later. Cause I'm like, I feel like my business and what I want to cultivate comes top priority. And we always make a joke of like how I'm going to be the breadwinner. And like, I already am kind of the breadwinner. And so as you're saying all these words, I'm like, wait, this is so weird. We just talked about stuff like this. So it makes so much sense. It's really validating. I'm finding I feel like that's what it is. I could definitely see you having children at a later age because you have Saturn in the fifth house, which is the house of children. And it's also creativity, love, flirtation. So it's kind of like the older you get, the more your inner child will also come alive. Like you'll the more you'll just you'll just keep having more and more fun when Saturn is here. Where as a child, you might not have like allowed yourself to have a lot of fun or maybe you have to grow up or like be the responsible one or whatever that was or perfectionist, yada, yada. Um, But then as you grow, it's like being more silly. And then it's also definitely an indication of becoming pregnant later in life but then it's also conjunct your north node so saturn's conjunct your north node so it's like yeah i could definitely see that happening yeah where if this person has children it would be later in life if i was just looking at this as a chart oh my gosh and i'm like my mom's gonna hear this she's probably gonna be like wow this is spot on because she always says when i was younger i had to kind of grow up pretty quickly and i became really independent and that's kind of what fueled my independent spirit for traveling but she always says she's like i just feel like I didn't like cuddle you enough or play with you enough. And like, now you're saying it. I'm like, wow, this is all just clicking so much. Incredible. Wow. 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 Well, we could talk all day and I already know people are I know I'm like (laughs) ready to book my three readings with you from now on. I'd love to go in 90 minutes is like a really nice exploration of everything. Oh my God. Go digest this for like a few months and then you can come back again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait. So I just want to quickly walk through your offerings because you have the the soul wealth and then the business oracle. Can you talk about what those are for anybody that's interested and what else you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So my one-on-one readings, I have the soul's map and the soul's map is a birth chart reading, which is highlighting purpose, power, and potential. We talk a lot about the South Node and Chiron, the different karmic imprints that might prevent us from walking fully in our potential and what our potential is, what are gifts that may be dormant and what are, you know, just a full, thorough, comprehensive exploration of like who you came here to be. Um, and it's really fun. It's really empowering. And it just, everyone leaves that feeling very, very, very seen, affirmed and ready to take their next steps. So that's a birth chart reading. The soul wealth reading is also a birth chart reading, but this is the reading for my entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. So we are going to, it's still karma, karmic things and emotional things. They just naturally come up because they are a part of our soul business, but it's specifically with a lens on wealth creation, offer creation, who's your client marketing, um, what kind of courses and different kind of offers are really aligned for you to make what is not aligned. What is like kind of a past life hangover. That's not really allowing you to be at your full potential and how you're here to be perceived when you're in your professional standing. So it is still a birth chart reading. So some people get start out with that if they aren't entrepreneurs, because you get both, you get some of the karmic and emotional things, but there's just very specifically connected to like your path as a leader, your path as an emerging leader, as a visionary, as an entrepreneur, as a healer and artists as well. Artists will also get this reading because it helps them to market their work and get their work out there and and who they're here to serve as well. Then I have the business Oracle session. This is a session, which is more of a psychic free flowing unstructured session that not only includes astrology, but it also includes gene keys and human design um, because those are added aspects and added dimensions. So many people get the soul wealth and then they get the business oracle reading later. It really depends on what calls to you. The business oracle reading is quite a big part of it is psychic insight and putting together all the different things. But I've personally found working with gene keys and human design to just be another dimension of 
like connection and like being able to function in alignment with who I am, which just creates more effortless uh, outcomes in everything that we do. I also have a membership. It's the Creatrix Moon Coven membership. We are over 100 members of a super diverse, witchy artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, healers, and we do manifestation workshops and rituals at the new and full moon. And then we have a 90 minute group business coaching call. Um, so this is actually the way to work with me live right now because there's I'm currently booking for November for my one-on-one reading. So my one-on-one spots and my one-on-one coaching as well is booked till November. But in the membership, that's where we do 90-minute group coaching like now. Like our next one is um, on June 19th on the Saturday. Uh, so that's what I have. I also have some evergreen offers, um, some self-study options like the Mystic Business Bundle, which is one of my very favorite things. It is a bundle of my workshop on sacred social media, video invisibility, um, various different wealth energetics workshops. There's a workshop on branding for your rising sign. So that's a great self-study option that has like hours and hours and hours of amazing video content and basically my business codes. Like mm. my business codes are there and you can just access that right away. Oh, I love it. I love when people have like a million things. I'm like, hell yes, give me more. And I always get chills when something resonates. And when you said the business Oracle one, I got chills. So I was like, ooh, mm. need to put that up as a, an alert to book because yes, queen. I was telling me something. Yep, <laughs> and absolutely. You have an incredible Instagram where you get, I feel like you, you put out so much content. So, and that's just at Oath Oracle. Yeah. Oath.Oracle. Thank you for saying that. I love, love my platform there. That's the only social media that I'm really on. Um, Cause I like the visual aspect of it as well. And yeah, I, I love to share on there. I'm quite active on there. Yes. Check out her horoscopes, your insights. And I love your lives. I mean, you really do put out so such a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate you sharing with us today. And I can't wait for people to find your work. It's incredible. Yay. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to join you here. So thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. It's such a treat to uh, look at your chart as well. Of course. Thank you. Um, were you blown away by that episode just like I was? Because I was practically speechless at the end of that. And like I said, we looked at my birth chart for barely five to 10 minutes. I cannot imagine what 60 to 90 minutes looks like with her. I feel like you would start to understand so much more about yourself, about your soul, about what you came here to do. And honestly, if there's anything you could take out of this interview too, I hope it's also watching how she stepped into something that she was kind of doing on the side and kind of doing behind the scenes. And then people started noticing and realizing how powerful it was and how she went all in with that. And she's really opened up about this on her Instagram, how she went all in in March 2020. And just look at the trajectory of the last year. It's insane. But it shows when you're in alignment and you know, you know, deep in your bones that what you're doing will help people, everything will click. I truly feel like when you're just yourself and you know, like, okay, I'm going to go, go ahead and go all in, whether it's with my readings or my podcast or my business or my coaching or whatever the case is, you will be rewarded for that. You have to be, it's almost inevitable. I truly feel like these gifts were not just random, right? Like what I think is easy, which is podcasting and interviewing and storytelling. 
some people might think is really, really complex. And so I need to use my gifts to break this down and show people how this could be their gift too. But I'm not going to just throw this gift in the trash can. So what is your gift? Whether that is reading natal charts, maybe it's human design, maybe it's being a virtual assistant, maybe it's coaching people on business, whatever the case is, I want you to really think about your gifts and imagine what the world would be like once you went all in with your gifts right? Look at Aisha's trajectory. Imagine if she just kept quiet, stayed behind the scenes, didn't really put herself out there. We would never have the magic of what just happened in this recording and what she does in her business if we didn't know about her. So make yourself known, take up space, go all in with whatever it is you're doing. And I promise you, inevitably, the universe will reward you because that's what you came here to do was share those gifts. So anyways, didn't mean to go on a full on Tony Robbins rant there, but I really just get so passionate about this stuff because so many people that listen to this podcast or follow me or DM me or that I work with, I just see these massive gifts that they have and they're just keeping them hidden away in a box under the bed, collecting dust. And I'm like, wow, if you just even allowed yourself to open up that box, the world would be so impacted by your magic. So I really hope this conversation was inspiring or you learned something about your natal chart, astrology, maybe it illuminated some really, really key insights for you. And I know it did for me. And I am so excited to learn more about natal charts. It's actually something I've really been investing in lately is astrology and understanding my own birth chart because it's, I don't know, it just makes so much sense to me. So let me know what you thought and if this makes sense to you and what you love about astrology. Tag me and Oath Oracle on Instagram. So just take a screenshot of this episode, upload it on your Instagram and let us know your favorite part. And then don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And anybody who leaves a review during the month of July will be entered into a giveaway to win a spot into Magnetic Manifestation 101. This is a course that's live on my website right now. So if you do want to go check it out, you can definitely head to chelsearipe.com and purchase it. It's a three-day course and it's really, really easy to follow. Like I said, I love practicality. So this is not something where it's going to be like super esoteric and you won't understand it. I break down the concepts. There's a lot of dialogue that happens in the video there's exercises, there's meditations. So I really hope that it will empower you to start really understanding manifestation on a deeper level and start to use your power. So anybody who leaves a review, definitely take a screenshot of it and then send it to info at chelsearife.com or DM me at chelsearife and I will drop your name in the virtual hat to win a spot inside of that course. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I had so much fun with you and thank you all for listening. I will see you next week. 